Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Gallagher Shots podcast and YouTube channel. As you can see with us tonight, we do have a very special guest in ex-Newcastle United footballer, Mr. Versatile himself, Mr. Over the Wall, Ryan Taylor. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Not too bad. It's a pleasure to be on. It's it's great to have you on. Um, so tonight, I am joined by Matty. The reason why Matty has joined me tonight is because he is Mr. Knowledge when it comes to Newcastle United around about the time that you were there, Ryan. So this is why Matty has joined us. I'm definitely, so, not, a, I'm definitely not a stalker, by the way. It's not the way you're making me sound like, but uh, yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> so we, we do have lots of questions in already, Ryan, but um, I think it's probably best to, to go right back to the start in regards to, to your um, arrival at Newcastle United. So... You did arrive in January 2009, and I remember uh, when I was just a youngin. Um, I must have been. Well, I'm saying a youngin. I would have been immediately a teens. Um, <laughs> I had the Newcastle United program, the official uh, fanzine, and there was a 
slogan on there which said, it was from yourself, which said, stop the coach, I'm going to Newcastle. <laughs> Is that true? Were you en route to a game for Wigan? And that's when you got the phone call to say you were heading to Tyneside. Yeah, it was. It was a Friday Friday afternoon. We were playing Aston Villa away and, and I was actually starting. And funny enough, Steve Bruce was manager. Um, just shows how how small a football world is, but but yeah, Brucey was manager, and my agent had to follow the coach to the service station, um, and then before I knew it, you know the the, the bus pulled in because there was a, a lot of talk about the move happening, mm-hmm. and with it being so close to deadline day, uh, I just wanted it to happen. I mean, obviously, I had previous with Newcastle when I was at Wigan with the goals and stuff, but for me, I just knew how big the club was, so. You know, and that's no disrespect to Wigan, but you know, when you when you sit, when I, whenever I, I played at St James's or I, I played against Newcastle at home, I could tell just by the away end how fanatical and well supported the club was. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I got my agent to follow the bus. He followed the bus down the M M6, and uh, the first services. I mean, obviously, I don't know why. He took me on the bus, but but yeah, I got off the bus and and uh, and we headed straight up the road. I, I might have nipped home just to get some clothes because I probably had my wig and tracksuit on. Um, and and without a care in the world, I I just got a bag ready and and then uh, yeah, the rest was history. I I couldn't wait to obviously get going and, and sign. So on the morning when you woke up, when, when obviously you were like you said, you were in the starting lineup. Um, did did you know that this deal might be happening? Were you pretty confident that, that this deal was going through? Um, I, I mean, I, I you don't you never know how confident it is. I mean, I never really up until that point had many moves. I'd only had one, mm-hmm. uh, and that that from from Tramia to Wigan, and that happened quite quick as well. Um, Paul Jewell was. You know the talks I had with him. He he made the, the the move easy. So for this, it was, you know, it was another step. It was, it was, you know, for me, it was, you know, going to an elite club at the time and with the players and the stature of the club. I always looked up to Newcastle as one of, you know, the the big clubs in the country. So, you know, for me, I didn't know if it was going to happen because I'm I'm Matt Wigan at the time. It, yeah. It's it's a it's a step, even though the, the probably at the time in the leagues the, there wasn't much difference, or we could have even been below Wigan. Um, but but for me, I, I just wanted the, the move to happen. Uh, I couldn't wait. Um, so yeah, I, I was always in the back of my mind thinking, well, if it doesn't, I've got a game. I've got mm. a few months left at Wigan. And, you know, if deadline day passes, then then we look for the summer. But you know, obviously, once I got the phone call and and I made my way down that bus and I shook everyone's hand on the bus and I shook the manager's bus and uh, his hand on the bus and 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 off I went and I got into my agent's car and we headed up the road. How far and how long was he following this bus for? <laughs> not long. Yeah, not long. That's why I say that I was very surprised that he he actually let me one you know, be, if you like, in a start 11 the next day. Because if you think about it, all that's on my mind, okay, I've got a game the next day, so I have to be professional, but I've got such a close move for going to Newcastle that how can I concentrate on a game? So really, you know, obviously that's that's how Steve felt about me at the time. He, he just wanted me to play. So, you know, I've got two things on my mind. One, a game, two, a move. Um so yeah, it was it, it wasn't the easiest situation to be in. 
Um, but like I say, why why I got on that bus, I don't know. Because if the move was going to happen, then you know, then he, and he was saying it was going to happen because I did have lots of talks with Steve. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure why he put me on the bus in the first place. So so Matty uh, mentioned this to me, and obviously you mentioned this at the very start of this recording is that you did have quite a record against Newcastle United. Uh, you scored two goals against Newcastle in that very same season, which you signed for the club. Yeah. What yeah. was it like, obviously, travelling up and thinking, I've, I've scored two worldies against this club. Um, <laughs> did, did, did that ever cross your mind? Um, I mean, I think, first of all, I think when I did sign, I, I actually think I apologised. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I think in four games, against Newcastle there was a goal in every game and the yeah. only one that wasn't a winner was the 2-2 at St James's but even that that was after four minutes and and yeah that was a you know you look back and obviously when you're a player it was a good goal um, so I think when I when I first went up I, the main thing was everyone knew who I was everyone yeah. knew what I could do <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I was just, know, I was just happy you weren't going to be scoring any more goals against us to be honest mate <laughs> yeah I mean listen I, I you know, over the career I had, everyone just says, oh, well, you know, you only brought me to stop the goals and to stop scoring against them. But listen, I, I, I lived the dream when I was up there, uh, apart from obviously the injuries. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you take over on this one, Matty, because um, I'll lead you into this one. But obviously, when you did arrive at Newcastle, um, things weren't great, um, to, to, to put it uh, quite subtly and put it nicely. Um you did walk into a team which, as a fan base looking in, that it didn't look as if they, they were connecting with each other, they weren't gelling together. Um, Matty, before the recording, you said that obviously, um, managerial wise, uh, it was quite a roller coaster um, around about the time that that, that Ryan uh, tuned in and, and obviously came to Newcastle United. But I'll let you take it from there, Matty. Yeah, I mean, just. At the time, I remember being over the moon, not just because you you, you scored loads of goals against us, but obviously you brought that versatility to, a, uh, to our squad. You came in with Kevin Nolan. And I was, at the time, wasn't really thinking we were going to go down. But, I mean, you came in, we weren't in a great position. When you finally got into that behind the scenes and, and got amongst the squad, did you feel like there was a, a disjointment that perhaps we were in a, a lot more trouble than it seemed? Uh, I mean, I think I... Even going back so far, I always remember doing interviews, and because of what we had in the dressing room, I even I think was 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 telling the local news, you know, the the local reporters and the local press that we were too good to go down. The squad we had was, you know, and the the names we had were on paper you would never expect to go down. Um, <clears throat> it's just something that probably never really crossed the minds of them players. But you know, I hadn't been there long, and I could tell. You know, there was, if you like, looking back now, there's a bit of, and, and you get it out of a lot of clubs, there's, there's dead wood. Um, yeah. And I've come into a dressing room, obviously, I I don't want to be relegated, but, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot, and, and like you say, a lot went on behind the scenes. And and when I signed, I think I was joking, he was last signer, I think. Um, yeah. Because we had West, West Brom a, f- a few days later away. Um and the night before, I think, or the morning of the game, that's when he, he went into hospital. Uh, and and I never seen him again since, um, which was obviously very strange for me because a manager that signed me, I had never even played a game for him. Um, and then obviously Chris take, takes over. Um, so so yeah, it was it, it was a bit of a, it wasn't a, an easy start, 
Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden we don't win a few games. And it, there's still a lot going on behind the scenes. You know, we have Michael Owen there who, who couldn't get himself fully fit. Um, and albeit his records in football was amazing and the goals he scored and stuff like that. But when you can't get a play like that fit, you, you obviously take out goals. Um, and yeah, we just, when I went in, I went from a, a Wigan team that had an unbelievable team bonding. Um, because I think it's such a small knit club at the time um, that I walk into sort of a big dressing room where like players they they just go home and they train they go home they train they go home you don't really see anyone else um, so I got really close with Stephen Taylor because we were both in the England setups and he was one of the only people I knew really um, and at the time I didn't have a family or nothing up so when I was up there. I, it was just me basically um so i spent a lot of time with steven and and yeah when it was in the first couple of weeks you could tell that something just wasn't right um but then when you don't win football games you, you lose confidence confidence obviously is is a, is a massive thing in football and you know obviously we weren't winning games so when you're playing at home you know you, the fans are just a little bit critical if you like um the mm-hmm. You know they can jump on your back and yeah. and it's sink or swim. Uh, but what I did notice when we when we did go down and we, if you like, get rid of the players who don't want to be there, you know, it just shows what can happen the following season. Yeah, as in well, doesn't it, with what we were going to ask next? Yeah. So so once again, just before we start recording, um, obviously that season that which you arrived, we did get relegated uh, and and Wigan stayed up. Um, but. One of the things which we wanted to talk about, which has been publicised quite a bit, is the the player revolution within the the, the, ch- the dressing room and the changing rooms after the the defeat to Leighton Orient in pre season. Um, we've looked back and we can't say your name within that no, team no, in that squad. I, um, yeah, no, I didn't go, and I mean, I, I obviously heard all about it, but it was a pre season game. I, I maybe had a little knock on, or I just wasn't involved in that one. Maybe there was one a couple of days later. I'm not sure, but. Was it? I mean, I can't remember what score it was because I wasn't involved. But was it about five, six, six, one? Yeah. Um, and when you look back, you know that doesn't happen. You normally go away to teams like Leighton Orient and give them a six nil drubbing in pre-season because mm. that's what you know they're expecting. Uh, and to be on the you know on the other side of that, it was <clears throat> obviously one a good one to miss. But at the same time, you just knew that things just still weren't quite right. Yeah, so so obviously you would have been a, obviously in and around the, the likes of the, the training sessions and things around at that time. Was it as toxic as we are led to believe amongst the players? And not necessarily divide, but obviously the, the, the rumours and, and the quotes which we've heard are basically, if you don't want to be at this club, then leave now. Was it as bad as that? Yeah, no, they were, yeah. We, you know, I think um, looking back at it now, we, we, had, we had team meetings all the time. I went from a club where you had a team meeting on a Friday uh, in Wigan, uh, just going through the, the team you're playing against the next day to, you know, meetings probably twice, three times a week uh, at, at Newcastle. And in them meetings, yeah, you're right. And whatever rumours you, you did it, there, were, there would have been talks like that. You know, it was a case of a few voices stepped up and, and basically said how it was. And the ones who stand up are the ones who want to be there. And yet, OK, listen, I've, I've I don't think I was one back it back then, and I had not been there long. Who did stand up and 
and have a have a point, but I definitely obviously wanted to be there. But mm. I think we knew in amongst the dressing room who didn't want to be there. Um, and probably as fans, you, you probably knew who didn't want to be there. And 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 then, you know, obviously as time went on, then players left. Yeah, um, you're right. I think as a fan base, we probably did realise that the players um, didn't want to be there. A lot of players didn't want to be there. But I think that's probably the best thing that could have happened to the likes of the club at that time for the likes of the senior players to step up and let their, their voices be known. Not just in the... the the uh, Sorry, not just in the changing room. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. But to the club itself and to the likes of the owners and the directors and managers, um, it, it was well documented that, that the players weren't happy with the situation um, that was happening at the club. And for us to, to go on and, and have a, a fantastic season in the championship, that is one of the reasons uh, why, why that carried on. Um, going into the, the championship season, obviously Chris Hewton was, was took charge as manager there after obviously Shearer had his chance as manager alongside Ian Dowie to, to, to keep us up. But going into that championship season, especially after that defeat against Leighton Orient, fans weren't optimistic. Um, what was your feeling as a player going into that season? Did you think straight away, we'll win this? Um, I mean, going into it, yeah. Um, we knew the squad we had and maybe one or two additions who came in. We knew we knew we'd bounce, well, we had a right good chance of bouncing straight back up. <clears throat> um, but at the same time, when you're not used to playing in the championship, it, it can be a little bit of a shock. But mm. what we did do, we, we got obviously on the right track straight away. We started winning. And and it was strange because at the time, Newcastle obviously had been in the, in the Premier League for years. And and they'd be like, not many lower league teams, had, you know, especially teams coming up from League One in the, into the championship. The Newcastle away for them was just a day out. Um, yeah, okay. If they had a go, they could, you know, possibly get something out of the game. But we always felt that teams were coming to us and just looking around, just looking like, wow. Whereas we were there to go right, get the three points and get on to Tuesday. Um, mm. And then on Tuesday we'd be away. We'd be a big scout for teams, but you know, we we we'd pick up some vital one nil. 2-1 away from home. It wasn't always 4-5-0. Um, you know, we had some some good results at home, but it wasn't a case of... You look back and think, oh, they walked the league, but we had some tough games. I mean, ev- ev- we were everyone's big scalp. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember... Of the, because of the club. With, with those 1-0s you were saying about there, the likes of away at Preston, away at Sheffield United, which I think you fostered yeah. uh, an own goal that uh, night. Yeah, yeah, one of the biggest deflections. <laughs> <laughs> I think you tried to claim it, but um, yeah, even Doncaster. Right, so. I remember Doncaster yeah, on a on huge game. Cold Tuesday. I mean, we we I think our big Andy scored the winner, but you know, even that, you just had to grind. It was a grind, but you look back now and you probably look. You just look at the table and you think, yeah, you didn't have like destroy that league, but it's not an easy league, and and it just shows there's a lot of teams who go down, don't come back up. 
Yeah, it, it, it's a long season as well. It, it is a, a very long and tough season, like you said. Um, we didn't go into games win win three, four, five nil. Um, like like you both mentioned there, that, that there was quite a, a few one nils in that one, and, and games where we we didn't necessarily control the games, but but, but when it push came to shove, we won those games and we did score the goals. Um, obviously, we brought in a few players in that season, and obviously there was a lot of players which. I don't mean to be harsh in there, but those players that I brought in that will probably be classed as championship players, um, players that that knew how to get out of that that league. Um, what one of the the major players in there that had a great season for me was the likes of Routledge, who came yeah. in had, had a great season. What was it like, obviously, as from you? Obviously, we mentioned there earlier that the disconnection that you had with the team previously and the divide that was in the team. It just seems like looking from the outside in that team in that championship season just clicked. Everything worked for, for me looking from the outside in. Was that the case behind the scenes? But again, that just comes from winning games. Um, mm. You know, and, and yeah, okay, we, 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 we probably had a lot more team bonding sessions and maybe a couple of nights out as a squad. Whereas I think, you know, you, you, when we, when we were back in the, in the relegated season, a night out whilst we were in that mess was never going to be talk of the dressing room. But when you win on Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, um, you can afford to just, you know, have have a night off, have a couple of beers with the lads, mm-hmm. uh, and then go again. And then and and then on, you know, Monday morning you you go again, uh, and and then and then you prepare for the next game. So it's just all about confidence. And I think, and because we knew we were such a quite a dominant team in the league and, and you know vast majority of the time we were top of the league it's it's a big even though you're in a league below you know and everyone wants to play in the premier league don't get me wrong but you, you're only in you're in the league below and there's nothing else you can do about it apart from winning or go back up um so we just have to roll our sleeves up in that season and and just do the job but at the same time we we did like you say it probably looked as from a fan base that so much different to the year before the squad. Um, but yeah, with players like Wayne, um, you know, players like that didn't half help coming in, knowing the league, just knowing the culture as well. Um, because, you know, and, and at the time he was still in the middle of his career where mm. he wanted to be there. He wanted to do well. He wanted to succeed. So, um, and you know, and it just shows he, he's had a great career. That He's been at Swansea for years now. So, so yeah, it, it 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 did all seem to gel. But I th- I just think it comes from winning games, um, and that it's just a good atmosphere, especially you know at home when you're winning games of football. Yeah. Speaking of changes, I mean we we started like you say scoring a lot of goals um, that season, and you yourself got four. First goal was away Crystal Palace. Lovely lovely strike. What was it like scoring your first goal for Newcastle, even though it was away from home? Yeah, um, no, it was good, yeah. I mean, obviously, I remember everything about it. Jonas cut in, sort of wrapped the ball at me, uh, which was one of his good passes, actually. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then, um, and yeah, I just remember that I, I had to cut in on my left foot. Um, and there wasn't really a lot of pace on it, but it was just, to actually see it come off was, you know, it was great with being, you know, known as a, a right-footed player. So, but yeah, it was a little... I'm a monkey off my back, but it was just a good moment to to get that first yeah. one and 
it's just settled a lot of nerves. That was all. Um, and and yeah, I, th- I think we beat them two two nil. Was it with the Kevin yeah, Nolan score as well? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, again, it, it's a tough place to go, but you know, to get your first goal for for your new club, um, albeit in the championship, it was a it was a good moment. I've still got a, a huge picture actually of my celebration in the garage. Too. Class. Well, I mean, there was the other ones as well. I mean, I remember you scoring in back-to-back games against, I think it was Coventry and, and Preston. Preston, it was, yeah. Pancratis, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. what was it like uh, that, um, that 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 day when you scored your other, you, you won free kick that season, uh, the Bobby Robson Memorial game? Yeah, what, a special night. It felt like a special night. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, we obviously we 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 gave them a little hide and didn't we really four 0 away from home. Um, but and, and again on such a special on on such a special night as well. Um, I think looking back now, obviously it's very similar to a, a lot of free kicks I scored from that area. Um, but looking back now, because it was right by the away end, uh, because they were on the side right behind me, and I've took it. Um, I, I remember I didn't have a clue how to celebrate. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it was a, uh, but but yeah, and, and again, that was you know you, you scored a free kick, you what you're sort of being known for. Um, then then yeah, again, it's it's just another little weight off the shoulders, and and obviously helps the team. Class. So obviously, I don't want to like focus too much on the championship season because obviously your career at Newcastle it, it did last a, a quite a few number of years. It wasn't just that championship season, but obviously when it came to the point of promotion, did did you feel as if the club were on the up from that point where Newcastle United obviously going into the Premier League back again? Somewhere where not not just fan base feel as if we belong in the Premier League, but fans from across the country, likes of pundits, and feel as if Newcastle should be in the Premier League. Did it feel as if the, the club had turned the corner at that point? Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, because we were back where we felt like the club belonged and we'd done it in such a way. Um, and we had a, a stable, if you like, squad, a manager. Um, you're back in the Premier League, so we, you know we're going to have to add additions to it. Um, but then I, what I do remember from that pre-season is um, you know, obviously every season there's bonus sheets that go to the club yeah. and to the players from the chairman for obviously positions or getting into mm-hmm. Europe and, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and there was a lot of, I mean, because I wasn't one of the voices, um, you know, I was only sort of, I was, I was, you know, when we had a vote, what was going to happen, there was just a, there was, you know, even though we'd just come up, there was a lot of talk about the chairman being really harsh with bonuses. Um, mm. So I remember, I think we went, did we play Man United first game back? I think it was uh, yeah, away. And, and we, you know, we had up until basically the first kickoff, like the kickoff of the first game to sign the bonus sheet and the players refused to sign it. Um, and then that just sets the tone then um, to why, why this again? You know, mm. we, we've got the club back up we're in a state like a, we're in a good place, um, and then you know we're, we're going to Old Trafford in one of the hardest games of what will be the season. Um, mm. And there's you know there's not talk about right. Let's go and do this job on Man United, or let's go and try and nick something away at Old Trafford. It's right. We haven't signed the bonus sheet. Like it's it was just it just didn't get off to a good start. So you felt like you were sort of back to square one. Um, Especially after the season that had just 
that had just like you know happened the year before. So yeah, for me it was it was never really stable. Um, mm. The the club, especially because constant things were just going on with obviously the, the people above. Yeah, um, I, I want to start going towards the, the the questions which people have been sent in because there are quite a few questions and it leads quite nicely to this one. Um, this one does come from Adrian and it says, how did the players react when Hutton was sacked? Obviously replaced by Alan Pardew. Obviously Hutton, the manager who, who got us back into the Premier League, had a great connection with, with you guys. What was the, the, the players' reaction to that? Uh, we were gutted, to be honest. Um, I mean, I can't remember the start. We are back back in them first 10 games, whether it was sackable, I don't know. No, it wasn't. Uh, but, 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 obviously, you know, we, we all knew what maybe the connection was with the new manager coming in, uh, with the chairman. <clears throat> you know, as footballers, you, you're not stupid. You, you know exactly what's going on. You, you do read a lot of things. Some players do choose not to, but you, sometimes it's not as easy as Turning the so blind eye to it, avoid, so yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So we knew what was going on. I mean, I, I actually remember the day uh, when when Chris was leaving, and I was in the gym. I think there wasn't many people in the gym at the time. Maybe it was early in the morning, or he came in to get his stuff to say bye to everyone, and I was gutted. I gave him a big hug, and and even though listening that championship season, sometimes I I wanted to play every game, but when the manager doesn't pick you, you don't like the manager. Uh, until mm. he plays you again that's just as simple as football works it's, you always feel as a player you deserve to play I mean sometimes you know you haven't been training well or you haven't been playing well so you accept but sometimes it's easy to fall out with a manager until he puts you back in so I think you know me and Chris in that championship season you know those times when, and even in the Premier League season when you know I wanted to play and I wasn't playing say but but listen he was a, he was a great guy and he got the club back to where we were, and and for him to lose his job, it was it was very harsh. Um, mm. And as players, we 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 actually all felt really sorry for him. Um, but listen, it, it's just it was just the way everything was going. You know, it just wasn't um, uncommon for something like that to to be going on because you didn't know what sometimes you were going to walk into from a Monday to a Tuesday. Yeah, I think uh, during that championship season, just just obviously wrap up on that one. Uh, I think I was reading there you made thirty six appearances, uh, but the majority of those appearances were were coming on as a substitute um, during that season. Um, I, I may be wrong on this one, but the, the first season back in the Premier League is that where the players decided to grow their facial hair? Was that that season until we won a game? Oh, yeah. Um, no, but I think I know where you're gonna get where you're gonna put like there's obviously pictures, but <clears throat> no, I think where there was a name because I just remember all I the think, walkout videos for Sky, all the yeah, players seem to have facial hair. Yeah, or was that, it? That's all it was for. Yeah, it wasn't a um, it wasn't a case of all oh, until we win or until I score or nothing like that. It was just basically taking Mickey out of your own profile picture on <laughs> A sticker books and B Sky. Um, <laughs> I mean, listen, looking back now, I think I had a right horrendous set of handlebars or something going into it. Did, there. Yeah. But I was horrendous, but looking back, it you, you just wish it it wasn't for such like big companies. You just think it was like, oh, like the club photographer or something. But <laughs> there was only, yeah, there was no, um, obviously a lot of players didn't do it, but there was only a couple who, who I think, think Bowen. 
Joey Barton had a it. perfect. Yeah. It looked like he should be flying a Spitfire into the training ground. He had this perfect yeah. world mustache going on. It was a sight yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah, big thick black one. Yeah, man, like my man was probably like about eight different colours in. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's why I, you know, this is one of the longest I've ever kept it. But listen, while we can't go anywhere, you know, no one really to impress at the minute, is there? <laughs> Apart from us, lot, mate. Apart yeah. from us, lot. Yeah, I know. Uh, Maddie, I'm not sure if you want to ask anything in regards to the start of that, that first season back in the Premier League. Well, uh, you mentioned the Man United game there. Um, obviously, you went away. I think we got beat 3-0. But I remember watching that game and thinking, you know, that togetherness still shone through, in my opinion. I think, you know, we thought we were going to be all right. And you mentioned Chris Hewton's start there, and there was some good results. I mean, there was we beat Aston Villa 6-0, you know, and, and we, we got the, the win against Sunderland, the 5-1. Um, near the end of Chris's like tenure at the club, was there still that close knitness? Was everyone still pushing in the same direction? I think so. Yeah, I mean, looking back, because <clears throat> because we had a very similar squad to the season before, then nothing really changed. We and and yeah, we did obviously have some great. We had a great start, especially at six at home to Villa. Um, that was obviously a, a nice way to start the season, but. With everyone still being there, you know, the same staff were there, same players. Uh, we just knew we were in a better league. Then, then yeah, that togetherness never left. It was just what was going on just off the pitch. Um, yeah. And it always seemed to be that way. It was it was never really taken onto the pitch. It was, right, we've got to get through this week without basically like another episode of EastEnders. <laughs> what one other thing do you remember your goal against uh, Accrington standing in the cup that, that year well do you know you, you, you asked me like I scored about 300 goals right? Man, <laughs> you're all there you're all screaming you're the no of course I remember I, I didn't score bagfuls I wish I did do you know what I mean but when they came they seemed to obviously come um, at good moments and they were all and you know if, if I scored 11-12 goals it Ten of them were good, um, <laughs> so so and and listen, I never forget. I never forget most goals I scored. So, but yeah, look, obviously, yeah. Talking of the Aki one, um, yeah, I remember that. I remember it like it was yesterday in a nice blue in that lovely blue kit we had. Yeah, nice. I just remember that. Yeah, it was when we were League Cup midweek. Yeah, and the volley. Yeah, top. Hey, they oh, gave, yeah, they gave us a right game. They did. I think it was, it was only like three two. Three two, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they I gave think, us. I think the trouble game, with you yeah. have with Ryan Taylor goals is that they all just seem to morph into one goal, and they're all very similar <laughs> to each other in regards to the yeah. all absolute worldies. Yeah, no, that one was good actually. Um, but funny enough, my dad wasn't. My dad was at the game, but I don't know why. And it's just typical, my dad. He ended up behind the goal where I scored, and not in the Newcastle end. And he couldn't even celebrate just in case someone said anything. But I think on the camera, when when it was on Sky, he was like, look, that there I am there, look. And then you see him just sat there with his hands on his knees. Like. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that was obviously, looking back, it was, uh, it, it was a bit of a peach, wasn't it? Well, Ryan, that, that 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 story there about your dad sitting in the wrong end that that's going to come around in full oh. circle very soon. I'll tell you that it's oh. going to come full circle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but at Sunderland he was in the right end though. Well, uh, well, yeah. this is where the story goes soon enough. <laughs> so, um, Matty, obviously, Matty mentioned there the likes of the five-one against Sunderland, which obviously brings us into the likes of the Derby days and things like that. Um, 
what's it like going into a derby day? Like, how how many days before do the nerves start kicking in? Or is it just a case where for you are told it's just another game? Because you, you'll be well away up here and obviously, uh, obviously growing up on Merseyside. It's not just another game. It's a derby game. How how many days beforehand do you really start pumping yourself up for this this fixture? Well, well, I'd never played one up until, my, you know, my goal one. Um, I'd been when I went the day I signed. I think the next day I didn't have clearance, and we played and we drew one all. I think Scholar scored a pen. Tails made an unbelievable dive for it, uh, and we drew <laughs> one all. Um, <clears throat> and then. And I never, obviously, because we went down and stuff, we never played in one. But then the year after, I didn't, I, again, I, I weren't involved in them, uh, which was obviously disappointing. But then when when Pards came in, you know, we've gone into a fresh season. We've just gone off the back of a home draw against Arsenal. And I just got chucked in left back because Jose went. Um, and and the, the gaffer just comes in and tells me I'm playing left back. And, yeah, OK, it was a bit odd. But... So I didn't have much time to prepare for Arsenal. And then, then you, you get the Arsenal one, uh, results out the way. And you, I, I grew in confidence because, if you like, I've just played left-back against Arsenal's new electric signing in Jovino, who everyone was obviously mm. expecting a lot from. Um, and then he went off. And then the speed merchant Walcott at the time, he comes on. And, you know, again, he, he didn't really do anything. And I, So as a player, that just gives you a bit of confidence and then the next game is the derby which obviously is quite strange second game into the season our first away game and and then a manager never normally changes his team especially after a good result and you know nil nil first game of the season ah, ah, you know against Arsenal it's not a bad result um, uh-huh. but but then you know at the time because I'd never played in the derby I didn't really know what was going to happen and, and it's only when you get off the bus and get the abuse you think wow like they don't like us, do they? Um, and and then and then you know you, the atmosphere was was good because again you just get an abuse and all you want to do is just prove people wrong and and to be honest I think when when we when we played that derby we should have beat them a few because they should have had a man sent off after about twenty minutes uh, with a handball on the line. But Seb Lawson, but, but, Seb but, Lawson, yeah, on the line. But, yeah. But but as a player. Um, the next derby for me, I knew what I was getting myself in for, uh, and and I knew how to prepare for one. Um, and some of them just they're just not great. Like some of them aren't great games, or most of them probably aren't. Uh, you just want to win, and and that's that's at the end of the day, you, you don't care how you, you play as a team. You just want to win, um, and and obviously then sometimes that your emotions can get the better of you, and you never perform to how you should. Um, and it normally is the calmest team on the day to come out with the win um, but but yeah as players and coaches and we all got reminded of, as to what it meant but for me because that was my first derby I, I wasn't that sure on everything what I expect. Um, yeah. because, I, I, because of where I'm from like as a kid it's so different because I grew up with a, an Everton fan as a mum and Liverpool fan as a dad my older brother's an Everton fan and I was the Liverpool fan, so it was two-two in the house. So, and and it wasn't really a case of like, oh, oh, you know, there was no there was no animosity, and especially in amongst friends because we're we're in the same city. So for me, I'm, I'm playing in such a big derby like that, obviously, then it opens your eyes as to what hatred in football is all about. 
What's it like? Obviously, there was quite a couple of, <clears throat> of local lads in the team at the time that you mentioned earlier on. Stephen Taylor was in there. Is he proper hyped up going into this game? Mate, he's hyped up playing Crystal Palace at home. <laughs> <laughs> Until he got told to stop clapping at the Gallagher in. Um, <laughs> then, he had to, then he had to calm himself down. Yeah. Um, no, he, he, oh, Tails was nuts. Like, it, didn't matter, it didn't matter who you played. Um, and yeah, okay. Te- because Tails loved a night out in the, in the town because, you know... He'd been there, he's a Newcastle lad and, and everything else. So, you know, for him, he, he loved nothing more than a win and a night out. So, you know, he can walk around in his big, big collared shirt. And, um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, you know, stay away from Tails if you can, because he'll just get you even more pumped up. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, obviously people like that and, 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 and physios, um, you know, because most of the time the physios, they're fa- they, you know they've been grew- brought up there. They're fans of the club, so you know they just drop little hints and little, just little pep talks to you while you're getting them, like you know you you, mm. you rub or something like that, and they, you know just so yeah, you do get reminded, um, but it doesn't just come from the players. You know you could be out in a local supermarket, and and they're not shy. They'll come up to you. Yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. <laughs> um, the, the game itself, so, so that's that, that game at the stadium, which is what I was mentioning, obviously you were saying your dad ended up in the wrong end of the ground. It, that that happened to me at the stadium, Light, so I couldn't get tickets in the way end. So I made the brave decision to go and sit in the Sunderland end on the one where you scored that free kick, mate. And All right, okay. there was one point in the game where you came over and you took a throw and you were getting tons of abuse like this was before you had scored you're getting tons of abuse and i i swear to god you turned around i was sat in the front row and you blew a kiss to me as if you thought that was me giving you the abuse and like i was so devastated I was like, it wasn't me it wasn't me yeah it's probably the kid who shouts you're gonna miss as well yeah yeah exactly so so that video which did do the rounds um it, it, it's a fan recording from I'm not sure if he took his microwave into the ground, but it's the worst record ever. <laughs> but it's it's you obviously stepping up for the free kick, and all you as a Sunderland fan saying you're going to miss. You you ping that perfectly <clears throat> over the top over the top of the wall, and obviously down over. Um, at what point did Stephen Taylor try to claim that goal as his? At the minute he hit the back of the net, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the minute he got off Wes Brown's back, um, yeah. I mean, because I don't know if he's touched it or not. I'm assuming he hasn't because I. Normally, if someone touches it, the ball will go in the direction of he's running uh, yeah. nine times out of ten. So, and for me to see it sort of sail in, um, and I'd scored quite a few of those ones in my career. Uh, and albeit you aim for that back post, you don't aim to put on someone's head. Uh, you just aim for that back post. And listen, sometimes they don't go right, but you still see them go in like with a bounce and stuff. Some, so you just always get told back post and. And I just remember Mignolet gave, just almost was basically saying, go on then. Like, his position wasn't great. Um, so I was like, okay. Like, you know, you give me it, I'll, I'll have a pop. Um, so yeah, that, that, but yes, going back to Tails, I, I still think he probably tried to train it now, doesn't he? <laughs> probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Matt, have you got anything else to add to the Derbies? Well, just that game in general, like, as a fan, try and put it in words to us what it's like scoring that goal. That's great, but when that full time whistle goes and you know you've contributed the only goal and such famous win, 
you know, was there much celebration after I'm guessing there was? Uh, yeah, well, it, it was the 20th of August because the day before was my birthday. Um, so I had plans for that night, but I was going up to um, Newton-by-the-Sea to a friend's house for just some food. And uh, I, when I say a friend, he, he was like, you know, mid-50s, so I wasn't going to like a house party. He, he, it was his birthday around about the 23rd of August. So we had like a little bit of a joint birthday and he had someone up playing on a, like, a little piano and a little sing song and stuff so but I think I, I think when I was up there I was thinking why am I here <laughs> you know I should be getting you know I should be in the middle yeah. of the town right now you're like, currently you king know. of Newcastle you're king of Newcastle for a night and you're aware yeah so so yeah looking back you'd think I'd have been crowd surfing in one of the clubs or something, <laughs> wouldn't you? But but yeah, no, I was singing karaoke songs or something or in a in a friend's house on Newton by the Sea. But but yeah, uh, but I knew it was a big deal because um, we always used to get pizzas on the bus um, every away game. They just just to load carbs back into the players, basically. Uh, and there was pizzas on the bus after we got the win. Um, and listen, the dressing room obviously was itself. Obviously, everyone was buzzing, but still, it was only the second game of the season. Um, so we, yeah. you know, you can't get carried away. But we'd obviously had a good start. Um, uh, but actually, I'll go back a little bit before because in the game, Dan Godwin had a chance. He did. I remember it well. To make it 2 0. <laughs> and albeit we wanted them to score, or, you know, everyone wants them to score because then the game's done. At the same time, you could take away your little moment. <laughs> um, uh, so, so well, obviously, when he missed Gutton, because the game would have been done, but because it still finished 1-0, you just look back and think, glad he missed that one. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, yeah, and, and then you get on the bus and we get pizzas. And I have my own pizza. The, you know, they used to just get them on, but this one was labelled for me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so and uh, so I knew right. I've made it here. I've made it. <laughs> right, you know, um, you know, he was a he was a big Newcastle fan. The, the chef who where we got the pizzas from apparently, and and then you know it had to be specially delivered. Make sure he gets this pizza. Can't yes. even tell you what was on it because I probably Ma- didn't. Ryan. It was probably Macam Tears. That was at the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, they, I I got this uh, specially specially made pizza. Yeah, so I thought, right, that's it. I've 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 made it now up here. So was the was the many nights out after though, where like you were just getting stocked all the time because of that? Did did your stock just go flying? I mean, it obviously did. Well, we all thought you were a great player, but that just cements you in folklore now. So did you did you feel no, it different? Well, before that game, I didn't have a song. After that game, I had <laughs> a song. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, look. Obviously, listen. It, it, it it's such a moment that no one can ever take it away from me. Um, and I always tell people when we had derbies. Michael J for hope for the Warriors started back in 06 at Camp Lejeune. Military families witnessing the effects of war on their loved ones. Now, almost 20 years later, they've aided over 53,000 service members, veterans, and families with confidential, high-quality behavioral health care services at little or no cost. To post 9-11 vets and their families, over 91% of every dollar donated goes directly to the programs. If you're as concerned about our heroes as I am, go to hopeforthewarriors.org.
after that. I said, I always used to tell the lads in meetings and stuff, look what it did for me. Like, this could be you, you know? Um, and and obviously everyone wants to score the winner in, in the local derby away from home or even at home. But, but, but yeah, it, it, it just changed everything for me. I probably, looking back until then, it made me relax a lot more um, because they had me back then, um, the fans. You know, I could have a bad game or I could give a ball away and they won't be on me. Um, yeah. And it's just the way it works. You know, you, you've you done something that they probably all dream of doing. Um uh, and I think, I think what you, happens at, at that point, Ryan, when you do score a goal against Sunderland, that, that that's your place as a cult hero um, at Newcastle United. No, no matter what the scoreline is, obviously, especially scoring the winner, um, that that's meant you as a cult hero for for the rest of your life. And like Matty said, it'll be folklore now on Tyneside. You'll go down in the history books because of that one single goal. And I know you yeah. you, you scored a handful of fantastic goals for the club, but. That one goal is the one which will always stand out in fans' memories. Of course, like you said, you get the chant on the back of that, which obviously we started the podcast with. Um, yeah. What What was it like when you first heard that chant? Uh, do you know, it's a special moment. You know, um, when you look back and 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 you know you haven't got a song, <clears throat> um, because I scored a few free kicks at Wigan. I, I did get a song, but it, you know. It was, they probably just sang my name and that was it. But then, you know, you've, I've got recognition for something that I've practised all my life. Um, and, you know, you I don't know, you, there's moments in games you could win a good 50-50 or you, you'd have a shot and the keeper might save it or even when you're, <clears throat> when you're next score. You know it's coming. Um, and and yeah. it's mad as players. You, you, you can hear everything. I, I mean, people say, oh, you know, I, I, I you know, I disconnect myself from the fans. Listen, listen it's rubbish. You, you go to take a throw and someone's abusing you. You can hear it. You've got, you've got ears. You know what I mean? It's, you try to just blank it, but it's so hard. So can you imagine 50,000 people singing your name? You know, it, it gives you a little, like, you know, you, you run around then and you, you, I'm only 5'11", but I felt like I was about 7'4". Do you know what I mean? It's, it just, it changes everything about you. Yeah, um, I, I want to go to another question which has been sent in. This one's from Michael. Um, obviously going going in that season says, um, uh, what was the change uh, that made us finish fifth? And obviously, the season after we finished twelfth after that first season back in the Premier League. Obviously, I, I know I know there was a lot of very very talented footballers in that team that that did finish fifth. Did, what what was it like to play with those players? Like obviously you had Demba Barn there, you and Kabai. There's some absolutely amazing players in that team. What was it like to just be around that sort of it was attacking football from from start to finish. What was it like to be in that that nucleus of players? Um, yeah, it was great because you knew we were attracting the right players, and obviously the, whoever was doing a scouting because <clears throat> you know the fees we were paying weren't huge. Hmm. Uh, was obviously doing a really good job, so you knew you knew these players had quality, but. Sometimes, some you know, we were signing players like, say, Czech, Johan, Musa. Um, <clears throat> we'd never seen them play, but because because they they're coming from the, the French leagues or or these leagues that you know, apart from your PSGs, you don't really watch. 
Um, but it's only then when they come training, you think, yeah, he's he's got a bit. Mm. Um, and then and then obviously they're, they're in. Then you let them in, and but 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 obviously from the from the moment we finish fifth, um, we get into Europe, um, and then the next season, like you say, we 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 finish twelfth. I got injured, so that maybe that's that's why. <laughs> Can't be seeing that one. Can't be seeing that. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, it, it was so tough. I even I recall them the season being quite like draining players wise because the players hadn't been playing European football. Um, obviously, you, there's another competition to be playing in with all the other cups that you, you're already in. So, so maybe it just took its toll. We maybe didn't have that big a squad, um, but. Uh, I was basically a fan that season because that was, you know, it was in the, the in, in European football where where injuries crept in. So, so yeah, it, it, for me it was, I was just a fan. I'll, obviously, I'm with them every day, mm. but but I have no, I have, I can't participate in any any sessions or any any games. So, uh, but I do recall it. Obviously, was a tough season because sometimes it it, it can be a shock. I think you've seen it in the past with, like, you know. Teams like Wolves and stuff who've finished in Europe, and if you just if you haven't got that rotation and the quality to progress in Europe as well as do well in the Premier League, then, then you you know you you will get found out, and then you, you know fatigue kicks in. Yeah, um, you mentioned like so European football. They obviously obviously went away Greece. Uh, you, you scored a goal in that one. Obviously picked up that that, <clears> that big injury in the same game. I, I know, obviously, it might might be a difficult subject to, to go on to, but but obviously, when you realise that that it is such a bad injury, did you realise straight away that that it's a, a huge concern and, and that your season's over, or does it take obviously for for the scans to come through for you realise how big of an impact this is? Um, I mean, I I knew I'd never done any ligaments or never pulled a muscle before in my life. I only ever had two broken legs, which sounds silly, but. When you break your leg, you know you you know you know you you've broke your leg. There's a you know the feeling is horrendous. Um, so for me to if you like, what what everyone says, oh oh it hurts when you you know you rupture your ligament. It hurts, but it's a second because it oh, no sooner you've done it, it's over. Um, <clears throat> and then if you like that ligament, then it's just like that yeah. inside inside your leg. So I remember playing and. I only jumped over someone who was going to basically tackle me, but go one way, and that was out of play. Um, so I just I hurdled them to to go back to get the ball, uh, and then and then on the turn it happened. But I mean, I'll never know why it happened. Whether it was boots or whether it was the pitch, I, I don't know. But when I sat down and and I remember the doc coming to me with the physio, and I think they knew I'd hurt myself because I was never really one to just go down and basically stay down and like fake anything so and for it to be you know non-contact as well I think they knew and when they ran to me the doc was like okay what's what's up what have you done and I I just remember saying wait there let me just rub my knee and and I my my mind was just saying like rub it just rub your knee I I was just rubbing my kneecap for a couple of seconds and he was like let me have a look so then he had a look and then I was like I, I reckon I can go back on now um, you know, I gave him a magic rub, um, and I was I was ready just to go back on because if you like, 
you know, I'd, I'd scored away from home. I'm full of confidence. I, I can't wait to. It's only about the third game of the season, so um, I'm like, yeah, can we get me back on? And as I stood up, I was just like, whoa, no, no, no. And then that's mm. when I, that's when I knew I'd hear myself when I stood back up because I think I never went on a stretcher. <clears throat> I just walked down. I think with my arm around the dock. Um, but then, because I'd never done anything like that before, I, I didn't have a clue what I'd done. But then, you know, you get your scan results back the next day, or you know, it probably would have been the next day. But and then it's like, okay, so okay, how long is this going to be? And it was minimum seven months. And you're like, well, Jesus, seven months. It's the season. It's done. Like, you know, we're, we're so we're, I've only just got going. You know what I mean? I, I came on away at Chelsea. I scored against uh, in the in the first game in the, ever in the Europa League, and. Mm. I've just had a good season. I've got a new contract. I'm like, oh my God. I was, you know, I was absolutely gutted when I got that first injury, if you like. Mm. Yeah. What got you through it, Ryan? What what got you through? Like the, I mean, I appreciate it could be a really dark time for <clears> a player, especially like you've just said, coming off the high of everything. What what like really got you, you through that? Uh, the, the first one was, it, because it's seven months, you, 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 you have, they say seven months, but it could be, just after a couple of eight months. Mm-hmm. But if you give yourself a, a target to it, which, you know, you look, you think how fast seven months can go, but, because, and I'd done it, and I'd had previous as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so I knew mentally what I was going to be in for. I knew how tough it was coming back from stuff like that because I'd broke my, my leg, the same leg twice, uh, one being a double leg break. So I knew it, I knew what was in store and I knew I had the best care you could get um, you know I was quite fortunate because I'm at such a great club that the care is going to be second to none um, so then you know we, um, and, and another thing I think I'd not long had my first child so you know you went home and it didn't matter how bad a day it was you were still so small and such a baby that things like that just get get you through it you know what I mean and if you're having a bad day like my missus and was was always there for me and because it was only me and her really up there with with me boys so you know we had no family up there so you know she'd say come on let's go out we'll go for a drive or we'll go for a walk or we take the baby out or just you just forgot about everything then um and seven months isn't bad because you do about three months then you then you've got your boots back on you you, you, you know you could be doing some light jogging and so so it's not it's not that tough to, to mentally get through an injury like that especially with the care i had yeah, you're probably right. Um, I just want to give people a heads up that we have been going for nearly an hour now. We don't want to go on too, too long and keep keep Ryan away from his family and that tonight. Um, so if you do oh, have no, any of that listen, questions... I've been homeschooling all day. Don't worry. We'll, just, we'll get till midnight then. We'll get till midnight. Yeah, no, uh, hey, listen, I don't even think they're asleep yet, so don't worry about me. I don't have to, do, I don't have to put them to bed. Jackpot, we're going till midnight. <laughs> um, there's been a few questions in. I, I, I do apologise for the person that sent this in because it's so far down the comments because the comments have been coming through really quick tonight. Um, but there has been a couple of questions in regards to this one player. And it's the wizard himself, Hatton Ben Offer. What is oh, it yeah. like to play, like be in that team? And does he literally embarrass players on the training ground? He, he, he embarrassed players when he was when he was in full flow. At Barcelona, that's how good he was. It's, I've never seen a drop of the shoulder like it in my life, and for people to just get sent when when he drops it. Um, honestly, his feet because he he's left foot, right foot, mainly left footed, but he could still use his right. So he, 
you couldn't really show him on his right foot because he'd still knock it past you. But mm. <clears throat> he um, he just had something that I've never seen before in players I've trained with. But on the flip side of that, he had like bad days, like where you think, yeah, mate, you've got so much talent. Do something like like. Mm. But then that then that could be on a Tuesday. You'd see him on a Thursday and just be like, he's back. Like he was just, but but for him to switch it on and switch it off, it's probably why he was never there mm. for a long time. Do you feel um, as if he could have been? If if he committed everything to that, he could have been world class. He could have gone to the top of the game. A million percent. If he, if, I think he got a leg break, which sort of hampered him a bit away at yeah. the team. Um, so that probably didn't help. And then I don't know who, who, who he used to obviously be around or who he used to speak to him and get in his head, but he, um, they probably didn't help. Um with how he progressed until mm. sort of the penny drop when he was training with the kids at Newcastle because yeah. parts just couldn't control him. Um, and and to see it, to see such a player like him training with Peter Beasley's kids day in, day out and not helping the first team was so such a waste. Um, but I could understand it because if you did let him train, he could upset the team, mm. um, and and as a manager, the, the team's more important than one player. But him on a personal note, he could have played at the best level ever. Like he was that good on his day. I think a lot of people do say this about the, the likes of Hamby Offer that that he, he could have been one of the best. Obviously, we're not putting him on the same level as the likes of like some Messi and Ronaldo here, but obviously, it's he could have been up there within that bracket and coming very close to those if he did had to yeah. put all his effort into it. But like you said, maybe it's the people who he was hanging around with outside of but, the football. Yeah, but well, you well, look at and think who scores them goals he scores like you name a player now who could do that in the Premier League against Bolton and Blackburn like who you don't see them goals they're like they're for special people mm. so if he could do that why why couldn't he do it a lot more and again that comes from it comes from in there I'm telling you mm. Speaking about players, I mean, there's, there's a few in the chat there about you know not fulfilling potential and it's not the same level as Hatton Ben Arthur but what did you make of Niall Rangers time at the club Ryan? Because he would seem like a player who could be a good, very good player. He signed a new contract and, and he started scoring a couple of goals and then obviously he went the way he did. Yeah, I mean, I I was always one when I was there because I'd been there a little while try, trying to help Niall. Um, but he was he, he was tough because, you know, again, he, he had a lot of talent growing up because he was in every England setup for his age and he was he was progressing nicely and he was always training and then, you know, he, he was he was getting in squads. So you would always say to him, like, I was a big, you know, I, I used to get on his back with get get a, get a bag of balls and use your left foot because he never liked losing his left foot. Um, so I always tried to help him in that way. But again, it, I've seen it quite, I've seen it with quite a few players during my career where there's only so much you can help them with. There's only yeah. so much time you can give people without them, if you like, saying, you know, so just basically just going like, leave me alone. 
Yeah. But they don't say that. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then all you want to do is go home and play on this PlayStation. Or all you want to do is go on a night out in town and have a fight. So what? Mm. Like, how can you control it? Um, he's yeah. a young boy living living a dream, basically. Um, and and you know what? The, the worst thing about it, Niall, was actually a really nice kid. Um, again, it just comes from people maybe who, who he's with on a daily basis. Um, yeah. So yeah, dis- disappointed when you look back and think how um you know where he could have got to, uh, and and again never fulfilled it. Yeah. Um. Well. Talk a little bit more about, well, not from your injuries, some more happier things now. I mean, you coming back, everyone was so happy to see you come back. And you got pretty much through straight into the, the fire with with Man City uh, away in the Cup. Um, I think you got played at centre mid, was that correct? Yeah, it was. I played in a three with a Jack Colback and Mehdi Abid. I know. That's the, so, from the past. so the good thing the good thing for me was I had legs around me. Who obviously... <laughs> put in a shift um so so yeah what um, was that like though i mean it was i mean we, we didn't have a great um we don't have a great uh history with, yeah, sure, that's with, it. Yeah. and to to put we put a pretty weak inside out and we go and pick up the results so was that just the cherry on the ice and on top of the cake for you yeah it was i mean i, I think it's it's well publicized and i've said it in in, in previous interviews and, and everything else that i didn't have a clue i was playing um, oh wow. yeah he, for some reason, and we didn't do any team shape. Uh, we didn't, not that we weren't focused on the game. I think he just kept it a bit of a secret. Or if we did do team shape, he just, he mixed it. So like, you, no one knew what the team was going to be. Um, so for me, I knew I was in the squad, which wasn't, absolutely wasn't. Uh, back in the first team squad. Okay, we've got City away. It's going to be tough. Um, yeah. They're going to play. They were, like, you know, their bench and a few who haven't been playing. But, it doesn't weaken it really with you know the money they were spending exactly. at the time. So and you know then 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 a couple of hours before the game we're having pre match meal and then after the meal again still I haven't got a clue I'm playing and that maybe you've done it for the, for that reason because I'd had a few under twenty threes games or twenty ones I think they were at the time. And um you know just to build my fitness back up because it had been so long but nothing can prepare you for when you're playing in like you know, if you like in the men's league uh, against top players. Um, so, you know, you and like I say, maybe you've done it just because of that. So I didn't use up a lot of nervous energy uh, and and I could just basically have an hour or two before the game to tell people I'm playing and then go and play. I didn't have too much time to think about it. So, yeah, so yeah we played we played them away. Um, and, and, and listen, I, I think on the day, I... I I think I ate David Silver and I was quite gutted to be honest. I think he went off with a knee injury and he was out for a few months. But looking back on it, obviously, you know, maybe him going off was a big big moment in in maybe. the game. It was so early because of how good he was. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, we we beat them two 0 and straight up, like you know, I think even our block one on the line with me with me bits and it just worked that that that, that day just uh, or that game should I say that game just sort of it was a, it was such a fitting moment to to cap off 26 months of hell um because in them in them months you know there was times I told me dad I'm not doing it I can't I'm finished I, mentally it was it was tough because when I re-ruptured it, it was the moment I thought can't do that again 
and little did I know it was going to be 19 more months, not seven. Is that when you um, went to Richard Stedman? Is that when you went uh, to Stedman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'd had that many dark days in them 26 months because I had to get my head around the fact that I've done it again and everything else. And um, so, yeah, it was it, that that game just like, it, it just, my emotions just came out of me that get, especially when we won because, yeah. you know, like I say, and I played 90 minutes. I think I even got shifted to right back at one point and my calves were killing. Um, <laughs> And the good thing was, I was only chasing James Milner, so he wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, albeit obviously a fantastic player, he, he, you know, he's no Sterling, let me tell you. Um, so, so yeah. Um, and then I, I was interviewed straight after the game by Sky, and then, uh, and then I was last on the pitch. Um, Obviously, the OAM was still bouncing. Everyone, I remember was, that, yeah. Um, everyone was still, still, they stayed there. And I went over and, uh, you know, I remember throwing me, me shirt away and a little boy caught it and, and I, he, he sent it into the club and I, I signed it and everything for him. And, um, but if I could, uh, we were talking about crowd surfing on the way the day. And, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, if, if that game... You know, if we were still there now, I'd still be there. I, you know what I mean? I, I could have stayed there all night just basically because, you know, what better feeling? You've just won your first game back. The crowd is singing your name. Why Why would you want to get off the pitch? Um, yeah. So so on my way back to the dressing room, I had a, a nice lonely walk back on on the Etihad pitch and, and the manager, obviously Pards at the time, had basically told everyone as soon as he walks in, we make a riot and we sing a song. Um, and everyone, everyone to a man was stood there, players, staff, kit men, you name it, all the physios, because they knew how much effort I put in in 26 months. And just for that moment, um, they knew I'd gone through hell and back um, because, you know, there's no worse place to be than the physios room when you're a footballer. Um so so yeah, they I went back and they basically belted out my song, uh, and we were banging on the walls. And you know, I thought we'd won the cup that night, but you know what? No one again. It's another moment. No one can take that away from me. Uh, and and that's why I always say Pars was my favourite manager to work with because anyone can have an opinion on people, but my opinion on him was he never once left me out uh, when I, when I went through them days. Uh, obviously it was well publicised that I'd done some scouting at the club just to keep mm-hmm. me in the loop of football um, so and, and any FA Cup trip uh, like that like when it was FA Cup weekend say or any European night when we played Benfica he, he took me to Benfica just to sit in stands and watch the game because it was a big night um, so so he never left me out so for and then obviously doing that in the dressing room you know he's Things like that, I'll never ever forget. And that's why I'm I'm always thankful for him because he was he was a great he was a great manager for me. Do you feel as if he was a great man manager in Pardew? For me, yeah. Uh, I know other players didn't have that relationship with him. Um, so so for me, yeah. Um, so again, it just comes down to personalities. You know what I mean? I always feel like I'm quite easy going and easy to talk to. I'm, you know, from where I'm from, you could never grow up and be snobby. You could never grow up mm. and be big time. And 
and I've had to work for everything. I, I, you know, I put so much effort into where where I got to in my career that, you know, um, people say, oh, you know, I like to think myself as a, as a humble guy who, you know, day by day, I just, I, I just enjoy it, and and I look back and think, obviously, I'm gutted on the injury front, but, you know, I reached the Premier League where I, I, I grafted as a kid to try and get to. Yeah. Um, one of the questions, obviously, you, you mentioned the likes of the dressing room when you, you first went back in there, dressing room. Obviously, this this is um, onwards on this one, but there's a great question in here from Michael, um, and he says, in the All or Nothing Spurs documentary, um, Jose's assistant says, there's always a huge part of the dressing room. Is it true? Uh, and why do you think he didn't bond well with the likes of Newcastle United fans? Yeah, I I watched that as well, and I and when I when I heard that, I was amazed um, because he wasn't like that at Newcastle. He was he was always in with the French lads, but he was never vocal. Um, and for him to obviously have gone to Spurs, maybe off the back of that good was it the World Cup he had, um, and when he got his move, <clears throat> uh, you know he had a good World Cup, and maybe that just changed him as a person. Um, and and going into that Spurs dressing room. I, I don't know, but he wasn't like that at Newcastle. He wasn't very vocal. Um, you know, he like I said before, he was he was very very like in just with his little clique of French French lads. Yeah, th- this is what I, I want to speak about because rumours at the time is where, when Newcastle did bring the influx of French players in there. Could could you see a divide? Because th- there was the 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 rumours going around that the French lads used to sit on the table in the canteen, the English lads used to sit on the table. And did the club not introduce something where they said that you had to mix with each other? Um, they didn't really. <clears throat> no, not really. Um, I mean, obviously you couldn't do it in today's day, but there was there was a, a thing every day where everyone you shake everyone's hand. Um, when you come in in the morning, you you make an effort and you shake every everyone shakes everyone's hand. But for the other prime minister to be having kittens if he heard that right now, wouldn't he? Um, <laughs> but 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 yeah, the, uh, that was a, it. Wasn't a rule that you had to sit and mingle and stuff like that because everyone's to their own and they have obviously friends. But when you come in in the morning, you don't walk past anyone without shaking their hand and saying good morning and just just something like that it was obviously you know it didn't seem big, but then, you know, if if I had a problem with you, say, and I had to walk past you in the morning, I had to shake your hand and say good morning and and, and you just forgot about maybe a bad tackle in training the day before or something. So Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that was that was the only thing I can recall. There was no like you've got to have two French lads and one uh, Ivory Coast lad and <laughs> one English lad all sat on a table and no, it wasn't like that. Um you know, you so can we just say when you when you went in the canteen, it wasn't like turning up for a wedding where you've got your your, your place matter and your names <laughs> on the table where everybody else. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't like that. No. <laughs> um, you've mentioned training and, and the likes of tackles which have gone in on training. Um, obviously, you came <laughs> and picked up an injury because of Sol Campbell, if I remember yeah. right. Did you not? Yeah. Was it your ankle which happened <clears> in <throat> training? Yeah, it ruptured two of my ankle ligaments in training. Yeah. When he arrived at the club, he was just, uh, for <laughs> for lack of a better word, I would say a lump. Um, he was just this powerhouse, <laughs> wasn't he? Just a powerhouse. Right, and yeah. he, he was a steamrolling player, as left, right, and centre. He couldn't even fit in the in the training uh, t-shirts at the time. Yeah, right, yeah, he was huge. He just obviously had that reputation behind him. But, but I mean, 
listen, I never know why Sol tackled me the way he did because I remember it was next goal winner in a five-a-side or something or a seven-a-side game. Uh, it was just next goal winner. So, and, and and even being honest, I think in that little game, I'd scored a few. I used to just like run up front and stuff like that in like little games like that. And I used to just like hang offside and stuff like that, but there was no offside, <laughs> you know what I mean? So just like, but like Peter Lovenkrantz used to do it all the time. And, he, and so it, I probably got bad habits from him. He used to just stand <laughs> offside in, in like games because he knew there was no offside. So, and I, I probably done Sol's heading, but there was still no need to, you know, I think he he did like you know he he purposely went to 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 go through me. I always mm. think because still to the day, I'm you know he never apologised for for what he did. Um, so I for me, I never liked the guy um, yeah. because because of that. Um, you know I, I used to sit facing him, uh, so then he come in, and then I think he he asked me a question on like like. What what you reckon it is, or or, or something like that? He never went. Oh, listen, I, I apologize. You know, I, I didn't mean to. Yeah, you know, just you know, you'd take that, but for them to just go, oh, what's up? Like then that was it. Then I, my 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 relationship with if any, like you know, with him was finished because you lose. You know, in training, you can accept it in games because it's a game. There's there's a lot riding on it, but when yeah. when it's training, and someone does that to you. No one really, I've very rarely come across a story where someone's done someone that bad in training that they, they have to miss like four months of the season um, mm. and to not get an apology. Um, yeah, we can, well, like you said, he, he, he was a lump. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take full ownership of that one, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you said it, not me. <laughs> Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Um, one of the questions, and there's been loads of comments on this, not just on the chat tonight, but in our WhatsApp group and obviously on social media, is, is it true what happened on the training ground between Stephen Taylor and Andy Carroll? We don't have to go into details, but is it true? Uh, well, you tell me what, what you've heard. So, <laughs> what was this? Was I there a joke? I don't know. I, I I don't know what's true because I don't know your WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> was was somebody's jaw broken or damaged in a training exercise? Well, well, let's just say there was only one winner, um, <laughs> and and that was it. Yeah. Um, did, did the winner score again? Did, or, or against Doncaster, but yeah. it was a non it was a non contest, I'll tell you that. Fair play. We'll take that. We'll take that. hopefully yeah. hopefully that's answered everybody who's asking that question. Um there's been another one on, on this principle. Um is it true that um Kevin Nolan had an Airbnb where Andy Carroll stayed in? <laughs> no, he uh, he basically took Andy under his wing because he knew one, he was a key player for us and and at the time, probably living on his own. 
Kevin, to be honest, Kevin used to invite me because I lived on my own. He used to invite me around a lot for like, just come around and have your tea with us. You used to have like a wife and kids and stuff. And he knew I was just around the corner on my own, but I felt like I was just getting in the way. Um, so I, you know, I never really ever, I probably went around a couple of times, not, probably not even a handful in the years I, I was there with him, but I, he just probably took it upon himself to go, oh, just, just I'm welcome like a little that. bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, it, you know, they they then became close friends, and but obviously, you know, it, it was no, you know, it wasn't well hidden that stuff happened at the Kevin's house when Andy was there because at the time he obviously wasn't settled off the pitch. Yeah, but no, no, Kevin's no. Yeah, yeah, Kevin's lodger. Um, it's one of my favourite Newcastle United chants. Um, we all want to live in Kevin Nolan's house to to the tune of Yellow Submarine. <laughs> one of my favourite chants. I love it. Love it. Um, another few questions just came in of uh, being in relation to the yellow kit. So the banana kit. As a player, what did you think of that kit? Yeah, uh, that was the Palace kit, wasn't it? We were talking about yeah. before the first mm. year. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. If I'm being honest, it just it's just two different tones of yellow stripes it was listen it wasn't the best um i was never a big fan of it probably a bit baggy as well um probably when a size up or something like that i never <laughs> felt comfortable in it but at the same time listen, you've got the ba- the badges on there do you know what i mean so it doesn't matter what color the kit is but on the eye it wasn't the prettiest kit um, yeah or the, or the best awake let's say the best it wasn't my favorite awake kit. I have, what is your favorite awake kit um, do you know what? So I never, I never really got to wear it because it was probably in one of them years. But I actually liked the half blue and I like a purple with a green. I actually liked mm-hmm. that one, and I, and I, I always remember that we played West Brom away in it. Yeah. Um, I think I always he scored a good little press scored. Yeah, ball. he did. Yeah. Um, and that one, I liked that one. Um, but but obviously all to our own. Do you know what I mean? And even again, look look going back to the Aki one. It was blue, and I'm not a big fan of blue, obviously, because of where I'm from. Yeah. Um, but I like that kit. Maybe because of Scott, I don't know. But yeah, yeah possibly. But, but yeah. I mean, Another, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen that question at the very bottom of the screen, um, but I'll, I'll put it on screen. This is a great question. It's something which never even uh, cropped in, popped into my mind is um, – what was the player's response to the Colors Party hashtag, which was on Twitter? Um, I actually, so th- this is, a, obviously we'll go back to this question, but a question which I have you relating to this one. Um, I got a private message off Rob Elliott, goalkeeper, and he wanted me to deliver 30 of these T-shirts to his house. So I had 30 T-shirts printed, and he said he was going to give them to the players. Did the players receive those T-shirts? Or does Rob Elliott have 30 T-shirts in his boot still? Yeah, honestly, you don't want to go in Rob's car. Because you don't know what's in there. So they're probably half still in there. Um, but what were they, like, Colo's Party T-shirts or something? They were just Colo's Party T-shirts. It was, so yeah. if you remember um, the party well, rockers, the kid with the big foot. afro, it was Colicini yeah. on the T-shirts with Colo's Party on any. Do you know what, as well? I wasn't there. Um... And and how bad is it? I lived over the road from him, like more or less <laughs> facing him. And I wasn't at his party, but I think because I was injured and they were all obviously eating loads of food and getting on the wine and Colo and Jonas used to drink this drink. Oh my god, it was like petrol. 
Um, so you know that was probably getting chucked about, and I'm probably on crutches, and you know the last thing. But you know I could have came and had some food with you. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember it was like trending and all that. Like you know, it's like obviously up there that Colo had a big party, and I, you know, God knows how pictures get out because you know who who had the right mind like goes, oh lads, smile. Like, you know, you're at a party in someone's house. And, you know, it's like, lads, just put your phones away. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't take any pictures. But, you know, but then then it gets out and, and yeah, it, it, it gets trembling. Well, you've mentioned pictures, um, which leads us on to, to the next little segment of this podcast, mate. <laughs> so I've got a few pictures, which have obviously we, we've sourced these ourselves, but there has been somebody else who sent these photos in. Um, I'm going to show them on screen. I'm going to take one at a time. I do apologize for people who are just listening to audio on this one. Um, but if you can just give us a, a brief explanation of, of what's happening in some of these photos. So first of all, we are going to go with this one. Uh, okay, yeah. So that's just your, your average Christmas do. Uh, every club has one, providing you, you're doing okay in the league. Um, <clears throat> and obviously, the the lads, what they do, I think I was actually the, the instigator in everyone's costumes because what I did, I I put like 30 or 40 different names into a hat and mm-hmm. then you had to pick out the hat. It was probably like one of my only involvements that season because oh, I've got a bottle of beer in my hand there, which I'm surprised I even put on the picture, but mm-hmm. um, I went as that so I could have some freedom in me, if you like, so I wasn't like trapped in anything with my knee. So I, I could like, you know, bend me bend me leg and stuff like that. Yeah. And I wasn't yeah. didn't have to get in no, no big mad costume. I mean, Rob Elliott next to me hasn't even got a costume on. True, but guy. <laughs> 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 he, could, he didn't even bother looking at him. Um, so but yeah, that was it. Obviously everyone has every team has a Christmas party. And that was just ours. Um, and that again that it just sort sort of shows you like you know, we got like two or three days to have like a little blowout around Christmas time. And, and if that's all that turned up, it just sort of almost tells you what other people wanted to do because a lot of lads were like, oh, you know, you don't see Ben Arthur or Johan on there. Mm. I know obviously a lot of faces are covered up and stuff, but... Um, Can you remember who every single person is? Um, so if oh, we go through geez. them, if me and Matty try and figure um, it out from left to right, so so you've got <laughs> Rob Elliott, who's Chewbacca, and then obviously you, yeah. and I want to say Stephen Taylor. Yeah, I think that's Stephen Taylor. Tim um, Crowell. Yeah, Tim it is. Crowell. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Tails. Tim. And Tim, Sammy, Sammy. Willow. Right. Mike Williamson. Spider-Man's tough. Um, <laughs> that's a bonus life. I know who it is. No, it's Bestie. Um, is it right? Okay. Leon Best, then obviously Scholler, um, David Santon, then the, that is Danny Guthrie, I think. I think it's Paul Dummett. Oh, it is, it is Paul Dummett, yeah. It I'll is, keep you yeah, right, Ryan, right. don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Uh, then obviously, you've got, I mean, <laughs> Iron Man could be anyone. Iron it's Young and Beaver. It's Young and Beaver. Is it? Is that who it is? It is. Because there's a great photo later on in the evening where Yanga and Bia oh, okay. actually smashed out of his face and he's using <laughs> David Santon's Mickey Mouse hands as a pillow. <laughs> uh, and then obviously you've got Colo and next to Colo, that's Jonas. So at what point did Vernonita just about decide to buy a, a Superman t-shirt from the local well, shop? 
<laughs> but again, that's what I mean. He draws Superman out, so you expect him to come as the way Spider Man is there uh, in the in all Superman gear, and then it's like he's gone to Primark and bought the Superman T-shirt. You know, <laughs> and it's like he, he got some sticks. I'll tell you, you know, he, he makes no effort there. Uh, I think I I think I rigged mine so I could just go as like an, an NBA basketballer. Um, but I tried so hard to keep that ball all day, and then because we were in Dublin. <laughs> Jonah just went, ah, yes, go on. Like, this was late on in the night, and I've got about this size three ball under my arm all night. And uh, people are like throwing it around bars. And, uh, and I, you know, I still end up with it after like three, four different bars. And, and then Jonah's just like, yeah, 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 go on. And then just goes, boom, boots in, in the river in Ireland, <laughs> yeah, in that little river that runs through the city. Yeah, never see me ball again. Is the fancy dress there so you can basically enjoy your night without getting recognised as much as what you would do normally? Yeah, but it also just again it just brings a little bit of a team spirit. You know, you, you walk because what what we'll have done there, we'll have played on the Saturday, and then we've gone then we've gone straight to Dublin after the game, um, and then you you have your Saturday night out. Mm-hmm. So you people go a little bit nuts on the Saturday and feel absolutely awful on the Sunday morning. And then on the Sunday morning, when it's right, fancy dress time, they come down and they look terrible. <laughs> and then let alone what they're wearing. You know, normally I would leave it till I was sort of like middle of the group. Then I could, so I wasn't first in the bar, stood there like a divvy in like <laughs> some random outfit when no one else was there. And so I leave it till like, you know, if you have to meet at half past, I go at like 25 to and, and, and yeah, okay, you might get a fine of like, a Jager bomb or something or two or something like that but I'd happily do that instead of standing there but you know when the lads are coming down who have been a bit ropey from the night before yeah it's it's just a good little bit of banter and then mm. you just leave it on all day then um, and <laughs> yeah. there's probably two games of footy on on a super Sunday and you go to the pub and you sit there in the pub in it and okay you look daft and yet a lot of people won't get recognised because they've got masks on so it just helps you to let your hair down a little bit yeah. mm. Um, w- w- one quick question yeah. Chris, before before we move on to the next picture you've mentioned Jonas there um, he obviously was a big character loved by all of us do you still like you're in contact with him still and, and what was it like being around when he made his comeback and you know did what he did after, after having his, his illness yeah he, I, I do I do still keep in contact with him I still keep in contact with him and Colo yeah they were two two diamonds like the two of them honestly they, they were both amazing fellas um, and and obviously good servants but I got on really well with them there was a couple of us who got on so well with them that we sort of grew a little bond like as a little group and stuff um, and then and then I didn't get invited to Carlos party with <laughs> 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 um, but, what, what, but, what was he like as a captain Ryan? no he was good mate yeah he, he, he hated losing uh, very rarely in training you'd find him on the losing team. Um, so, but he, he was good. He wasn't like dead vocal or nothing, but, you know, he wouldn't accept. There was, he had standards and, you know, if you didn't hit them standards for him, he, he'd have a quiet word or he'd tell you at half-time or full-time. or um, uh, So, yeah, he, he was good. He, you know, I've had better, you know, I've had more vocal captains and I've had less, so he, but he was good. But speaking of Jonas, Matt, he was um, he was such a big character in the dressing room every day. Uh, you knew where Jonas was in the building, um, 
he was either screaming at the top of his voice, just like in a loud scream, just to let off some steam somewhere. <laughs> uh, or so you just knew where he was. Um, but again, you know, he's gone away and, and he's he's come back. He's recovered from what he did. Uh, he he came back and obviously everyone's open arms for him because of what he's gone through. Uh, yeah, and obviously then to 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 sort of finish the way he finished, it was okay. It didn't end well, but you know, he, his goal will always that's how we'll remember him. Memory. Yeah. So yeah, special, course, yeah. such a special day. I think yeah. that goal, obviously, like like you said, you're you're still in touch with, with uh, Jonas. There, that that goal on, on the last game of the season, that just it hits so many fans emotionally. Um, yeah, I remember that, that that goal hitting the back of the net, and you just felt proud as a fan that that he was the player that scored. And it's really yeah. hard to describe the emotion which I felt on that day, and yeah. just because I, I was so happy and so pleased for Jonas for everything which yeah. he had been through, not just obviously because of. Mm. of um, cancer and obviously the treatment which he's had but obviously the way the club did treat him in the end and mm. it was just if any player was going to score that day every single Newcastle yeah. United fan across the world would have wanted him to score Yeah, it just showed as well you know obviously what his celebration because then he put his ears up looking at yeah. the, uh, the chairman's box and stuff and <clears throat> yeah obviously he gets treated really poorly at the end but for him it, I bet it was a big you know big bit of sweet for him. Mm. Ryan, we've got people asking there as well, and it's probably the best time to ask it. So, sorry to nip in, Chris, but like, your with well, the way you left the club, it was it, you sort of got interviewed and said that you got a phone call. You were with Jonas at the time, and was that correct? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we we were doing our new way for B license in in Belfast. Um, and listen, we're, we're, I, I went soft, and maybe Jonas went soft. So. You know, you you know what you you know what's coming. There's been no talk of anything between the two of us about staying. Um, mm-hmm. So we weren't daft, but we just were like, well, how's no one still spoke to us like a week after the season? Like, you know, no no one had even been in contact. And then a week after the season, when you're actually in Ireland together, then they decide to ring you. It's like, you know, you, this is like, you know, this is the pinnacle of football. It's like, you know, the top level. You know. You're, the next level is like your champions, your your elite clubs. You know what I mean. Your Real Madrid, like you know what yeah. I mean. So, so you're at you're at like a you're at the professional level of football, and no one's even got the decency after that West Ham game, even the day after, to call you into the football club to discuss one why you're not staying and why obviously they're not offering you a new deal, and and two like you know what. What what's going to happen to you? Um, you know, so so we've gone to Belfast thinking, no clue, I haven't heard nothing. So we, you know, then you start assuming that they obviously, you know, the time and the club's finished. But but then, you know, John Carver rang me. We were actually in a lesson. We were in a classroom. So my phone was buzzing in my pocket. I looked and I was like, I'll ring them back once. Um, once we get out of this like lecture thing that we were in. Um, so then we get out and then I rang I rang and then and then you know he says oh what are you up to I said I'm just in Belfast and, he, and he, I think he knew I was in Belfast and then he said uh, oh is Jonas there <laughs> instead of obviously then ringing Jonas but that was just listen, I, I never hold a grudge against John ever because John John's a, a, a great fella great bloke not on but just wants Newcastle to win do you know what I mean like, he's a big fan everything else so it, John didn't even know his own future. 
told me on the phone, yeah. I don't even know my own future, but I've been asked to make this phone call. And it's like, well, that phone call comes from the people above you then, mm. to phone for who phoned you then to phone me. So, you know, I never, um, I never ever hold any grudges against John. It's not John's fault. John's just, John's still fighting for a job at the club. So is he going to go no? And then they're going to go, well, okay, well, you're, you're gone, you're gone yeah, as well. Um, so, so, so yeah, I, you know, for me, it comes from above. I've always said, yeah. um, I never have ever have a bad word or a grudge about John. I have to say though it was it was something that it adds to a very long list of crazy things happening at our club. But when for us to stay up the way we did, obviously you've got Jonas there who's just went through what he's went through. But we've also got and this isn't just because you're on the the podcast, mate. But you've got a you've got a cult hero there who's fought for the club, who's came back from so many injuries. Yeah, maybe you weren't good. You weren't going to stay on, but to have you need to have that respect. And I think that really mm. stuck in the craw of a lot. Most Newcastle supporters were fuming about that. So I think that's probably again in a weird way a testament to your time on Tyneside as well as Jonas's because we were we weren't we were good to see you go. We were being realistic, but to for you to go the way you did, it really was upsetting for us as well. Yeah, no, of course it, it comes in every player's career. I mean, you, <clears throat> and with the injuries I'd suffered. You know, I, I you can't blame the club for saying, okay, listen, we we've, we've helped you get back to, you know, the best treatment, get back on your feet. You're obviously in your thirties now. We're going to go for lads who are twenty two, twenty three. You have a lot more respect for people if they just be honest with you. That's all. It's just about honesty. Um, and then to sort of be left in the dark and not be told anything. Um, and especially when I had quite a good relationship with the board and Mike Ashley, do you know what I mean? I never, it's not like, oh, you know, I've never seen Mike or never spoke to Mike. You know, no, I don't think anyone really ever knows. But, but when I, when I re-ruptured me, me ACL, I actually sat in the canteen with Mike um, and he says to me, you go wherever you want. He said, um, <clears throat> you go anywhere in the world, you get this right. Not just for Newcastle, you get this right for the rest of your life. Do you know what I mean? I had like a, a good, good, like, you know, chat over a coffee about where we were going to go, what we were going to do. And basically he said, listen, he said, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, this could cost however much. He said, you've got to go and do this now for, for, for yourself and for, for basically your body. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, I never, ever had a bad relationship with Mike. I always had conversations with him when I seen him. Um, so again, I just don't understand why you know it, the phone call couldn't come from even yeah. even Lee Charlie do you know what I mean it should never yeah. come from John mm. yeah I agree I agree how, how often did, did the players meet with the likes of Lee Charlie did, did you ever see him like around about the um, club or anything like that well when, when I first went there Lee was in there every day at the club um, and then he must have got in any job really he probably eyeballed the promotion and getting a bit higher up and, mm. and, and he became really good pals with Mike and the next minute, he's almost like chief exec or, or club secretary or whatever his role is. Managing director, <clears throat> then, I think it's classes. Yeah, and then, and then you, and then you, but I lost. And then you lose that contact with him because you don't see him every day. But then you know I lost that connection with him, and it just seemed like someone went a little bit too big for the boots because you know that time with you then whether he whether he was just a shy fella, I'm not too sure, but that time with Lee Charlie just. Never really seemed to connect again. Have you have you been welcomed back to the club since? Since obviously you left the club, have you been invited back to to attend events or, or games or things like that? And uh, not by the club, no. 
Um, I mean, I've I've gone back to the club off my own back, um, and I've gone in boxes and stuff and watched the games and done a bit of press and stuff like that. But I mean, it, I I don't know yet. I don't know how obviously because you can't say oh no I haven't been invited because I don't know if that that's how it works. Maybe if there's a huge big event going on or something, then in the invite ex players and past players and but 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 no one's ever rang me and said oh listen like you know we're because a one we haven't played Sunderland at home since I left. <laughs> um, so maybe so maybe uh, maybe when we when we play Sunderland at home next maybe I'll get invited and come up and maybe have a little chat in the box and, or in a big room or something uh, but but yeah again it, it, it's not down to the club because I don't know if that's how every single club works you know what I mean and mm. so yeah I'm not too sure but it, obviously well, I, I, I think I'd, I'd I think if, up, you know? I think if they ever do a, a Colos party reunion, you definitely won't be invited to that one either. So well, yeah, <laughs> your chances well, are looking yeah, slim. I'll, yeah, I know. I'll, yeah, I won't be coming up for that, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, I want to go back to some of these photos. We've only got two two more. Um, so this one has been sent in by by a mutual friend of ours, um, by Patrick Forster, the, the local Newcastle oh, United yeah. former. Um, oh. He's probably been in touch with you today. <laughs> no, he hasn't today. No, he was he was trying to get me to bite the other day on a little on a little chat. But, but yeah, come on, I want to see what he's got. It's probably something to do with some festival or something. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, and I, I knew it would be. Yeah, our oh, mate Rascal, worst worst in life, sir. Worst in life. Well, it's not just the only um, photo. We've got another one from that day, which is this one. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> right, like uh, it doesn't look like I'm having a worst in life day, does it? But trust it me, when I got to that festival. Well, to be honest, we went to watch Eminem uh, at Leeds Festival. Um, and I'd never been to a festival before, but I knew you just had to dress up a bit, bit weird, you know. <laughs> um, so, so uh, you know, I didn't even have wellies. I had no, I had no preparation for it. So the, the, day, the day of the, the festival, we've missed into Leeds Town Centre and just basically picked up rascal clothes off the shelves. Um, <laughs> Rascal, so, Ryan, you're wearing a pair of uh, hunters wellies there. They're not rascal clothes. No, all right, the wellies are probably the best part of the outfit because you keep me feet, you kept me feet dry. But them shorts, Jesus, I probably, you know, I've probably been them more or less the day after that. But yeah, I'm, I was, I knew he put that picture in because it was the worst day in my life because we turned up to a festival and there was nowhere just to sit down and you're on your feet all day and the, the mud was like. <laughs> that deep because it just rained for days at this festival it was horrible the only time i got to sit down the whole day was on the uh, one of them big wheels yeah. and we just paid to go on it just to sit down but then as soon as we got on it mate it was full of mud i was like oh no worst day of my life yeah i knew he put that picture up and, and, well, and remind everyone but yeah he texted us a couple of hours ago just saying ask ryan about leeds festival then he sent us those two photos yeah <laughs> like I say worst day in my life I'll never go to I, unless it's like I, unless I can have like a wash at a, at a festival or something <laughs> don't even you know if anyone wants to invite me to a festival don't I'm not going did you, did you just camp there like did you just camp at the festival oh no no no, oh, no we didn't camp no um, and funny enough obviously a lot of people did camp because it goes on for a few days yeah and, uh, and just to top it off actually we're walking out to this festival and I can see this fellow struggling with his tents and his crates and he's just got all sorts on his mind. He's got bags upon bags. He says, hey, mate, give us an hand with this. 
and I, and I th- and because obviously you know I, I was still I don't I don't think I was, was I recovering from the injury still, but I was obviously a long way into me thing into me rehab. I've just gone, and I hated the day that much. I wasn't in a good mood. I've just gone, no, <laughs> nah, you don't like me. Pass at me. So like, I was like, oh, this Fuck is just pop my day off, yeah. So, oh yeah. Imagine, so, imagine I, this bloke turning around and seeing Ryan Taylor, Jonas Gutierrez, and Dan Cousin refuse <laughs> to help him with the tent. Oh, right. Right. oh, honestly, yeah. Like I say, never again. So, <laughs> um, finally, we've got one more photo here, and this photo comes from a, a member of this YouTube channel, mate. Um, he's very young in this photo, but I'm, I'm pretty confident you'll know which photo it is. Um, it is this one, which has become a, a trend quite a lot of the time. Can you remember that photo being taken? Yeah, of course I can. The, pa- the, the piece of paper was blank, and he's wrote that on himself. No, he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I remember it, mate. Yeah, I, you know what, I knew what it meant, but <clears throat> you know, just at the end of the day, it's just you know, it's a bit of banter. It's yeah. Do you know you were the only you were the only player to hold that up that day? Everybody else refused to hold it Was up. Was I? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did he, yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. No, no more. It's, it's a bit of banter. It's <clears throat> it, it's just football banter. There's obviously a lot of hatred in in there, and it's obviously a saying that they, like you know the Newcastle fans say. But for me, you know, it's just. You know, just get on with it. So yeah. we've had a question in from Patrick actually, who uh, he's oh. obviously given a little bit Tell more information. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, he's, he, he, he can't, can't cut hair. He, he can't cut hair anymore. Tell We've seen that recently down, with Joe Linton. <laughs> um, so he said, um, "Colo going missing. Where did where did Colo go?" Oh, it, uh, oh, in in the festival he means yeah. No, so Colo um, didn't Colo didn't come to the festival with us. Colo was always coming late. But what Colo did, Colo turned up in trainers um, and he found wellies in the bin. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and then and then what, what he had to do then, we had to ditch his trainers because he knew they would just fall off his feet because of how much slop was on the floor. Um, and then he, he basically, I don't know whether they were big or small or what they were doing to his feet, but he, he had to basically get these wellies out the bin and put them on. But yeah, we we had a driver that night bringing us all, like taking us back home in like a people carrier, and uh, and the only battery we had was Patrick's phone for the light, because where we were walking, there was like something out of um, the Blair Witch, mate. It was like, <laughs> it, like, and all we had was a light on his phone. There was no street lights, nothing, and we had to make it from the festival to where this car was. And, and we had his roadmaps on, and honestly, it took about two and a half hours walking again oh. on roads and motorways and dual carriageways and crossing over loads, and we just couldn't get there. Honest, uh, everyone felt like just giving up. Um, so, so yeah, it was just, again, it just topped off the worst day in life. Were you still <laughs> we wearing the shorts? Were you wearing the shorts anymore? at this point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, them shorts. Don't even know where I got them from, you know. <laughs> um, like I said, there's been hundreds of questions in tonight, right? Now. I do apologise for people that haven't, haven't had a chance to get them question, uh, read out. Matty, have you got any more questions for Ryan before I wrap this one up tonight? Um, I mean, we'll go a bit current now. Obviously, you've worked under Steve Bruce a couple of times. I mean, what, what do you what do you make him as a manager? Just just in general. 
Uh, for me, do you know what? He's, he's actually a really good man-manager. The players will all like him. But I just look at, obviously, like Steve now, and I know he's just he's just got a new bit of staff in. in it. And then maybe that has obviously picked him up a bit. But, you know, the game, I feel like, not just with Steve, but with other managers as well, I just feel like the game's different now. Uh, maybe, you know, just needs newer ideas because the last couple of games have shown, um, you know, you know, carrying on from that the second half of the Leeds game and all of the Everton game, and then the Southampton game. That was good the other day. That was really you could mm-hmm. tell how much that meant to to everyone on the pitch. But I just look at him, and think he just needs new ideas, maybe, and ideas of today's football because I watch it and it's a lot. A lot of it before the last couple of weeks has been so negative that you can't win games and sit back and win games 1-0 and you can't sit like, you know Sheffield United didn't win a game all season and you go to Sheffield United and you play so defensive against a team who's so weak as in just fragile they're obviously a very strong unit and especially at home but you know it just seemed like you didn't try and go win that game and, and they win the first game of the season and it's against Newcastle and you're like oh, you know what I mean it's so frustrating Um and, and I know Steve will be trying as hard as to get results back because that's his dream job. Um, so so for him, he needs to just just play a bit more attacking. And it's all down to St. Maximum being injured the last few weeks and what have you. That They haven't had that drive. They haven't had that player who just does something out of nothing. Yeah, you've got Armin on, but sometimes Armin on just run, looks like he's, you could open the door for him and he'll run through it at the stadium. Do you know what I mean? He works and he runs that hard and that much yeah. that you just need a, you need a set maximum in your team who relieves pressure, um, gets you up the pitch. And and it's not Wilson doing all the donkey work, running here, there and everywhere. He's, he's in the middle of the goal. and So, so yeah, you know, if he can get a fully fit squad together, which is obviously going to be tough because you know, he's got a central defensive crisis now with a couple injured and stuff like that. But <clears throat> he, uh, for me, it just need, he needs to be a bit more expansive in the way he plays. Um, and, and and that can only be... You can only do that with the players you get. Handed. Mm. Um, there's a question in here from Alan who says, in the current squad, who would you most like to play with and why? So if you can pick one player to put them in one of your previous squads at Newcastle United, which yeah. player would you choose? Man, it, it, I'd I'd pick Saint Maximum all day, <laughs> just because. Seeing on the left and had like, him on the right. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, my yeah. Jesus, you got no wingers tracking back there, have you? <laughs> um, no, but for me, for someone, for the player, you know, he's so different to how I play that he's a player that you can just go, yeah, have the ball, and I can see why a lot of them give him the ball because he will hold on to it and he. You know, he'll take two T players with him and it gives you a bit more space. So, but for me, it's him because as a player, sometimes, you know, he's an option. You just give him it and you can just go, right, let him do his thing. And and, and, and that way, as a, like I say, as a player, he, he frees up a player who maybe was marking you so then he can help you. But it also excite me as well because no one giving him the ball, he'll, he'll do something. Okay, eight out of ten times, it's nothing. But, them other two times, you know, some of the stuff he does is like, he's a bit Jonas-like that I don't know what he's going to do. 
And that was the same with Jonas. Jonas used to just bumble his way through and like fight everyone and, and then you'd still have the ball and you'd be like, Oh my god. Like if you tried that, you'd be on the floor and they'll be on the attack. Um <clears throat> so so he's he's at the minute because of how exciting he is, he's my favourite player at, at the minute. I have one more question. It was actually from one of the guys on, on the channel. It was, it was Shell, one, one of our friends. Uh, she said, in your time at Newcastle, were you ever stood over a free kick and one of the lads just came on and went, no, this, I'm, I'm taking this one? Yeah, Man United at home, like a bike, bro. Are we on the pitch then? Are we on the pitch? Oh, my God. Oh, well, I guess... Yeah, yeah. I guess... Um, but, can't but we'll, we'll, we'll let him off of that one, eh? Yeah, <laughs> of course. But, I mean, there, there was a couple of times where, you know... you. You'd miss a free kick, say, or it hit the wall. But I always look back to Beckham against Greece. He missed about seven. Nowhere near. And then the one that counts, we England win. Or, or they go through, so to say. Um, and and it, 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 can't, it won't go right first time. Sometimes it does, do you know what I mean? But sometimes it's the third, the fourth one. So you find your range. If, if you get that many, do you know what I mean? You might only get one or two in a game. But that game, I remember, I had one first half. And, I, and obviously I didn't score. And uh, we get a good one in a good position, but I thought it was quite far out. It was quite far looking back out, on the yeah. replays, it is quite far out. It's not on the edge of the box, it's it's, it's a good distance, but the rest history might be absolutely yeah. barred in it. What was that um, night like you, on the pitch? What was that like? like one of my favorite games, that yeah, one of me, yeah, mm. one of my favorite games. Um, you know, you, you, under the lights against Man United. And you went three 0 and that was that was the season, obviously when you know we 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 done well. So, so yeah, that that was one of my favorite games though, to actually play in. It was a great performance. One of the best own goals I ever seen as well. <laughs> it was a fantastic own <laughs> goal. It was a fantastic own <laughs> goal. Um, it, it was that night where we absolutely destroyed Man United. Um, from, yeah. from start to finish, a great game, and I can only imagine what it was like to take part in that game because they didn't get a sniff. Let's be honest with you, we dominated. No, it, no yeah. No, it was good. I think Denver scored as well in the first half. Did. And then we scored two second half. So, but yeah, they always want to. Whenever people say, "Oh, what's one of your favourite games?" They think I'm going to say the ones I've scored in. But you know, beating United three 0 at home that was a, a a good a good game. To flip around, what's the worst game you played in for Newcastle United? Oh man, worst game. Probably, probably. When, do you know what? When I got sent off against Bolton at home in the first half. Um, it was the definition of a touch tackle. Um, <laughs> it, it was like was the touch was that bad. It got me sent off. El Manda, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, for me, it wasn't the worst game I was playing. I played him, but it was the worst moment because getting sent off before half time is quite embarrassing, really. Especially when it's your own touch that's got you sent off. We didn't. Um, we didn't lose, though, did we? I don't think we lost that game. We, I think we drew one-one, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it could have been a draw. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> But looking, trying to think now, it's hard because, you know, obviously you've stumped me a bit, but just any 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 sort of half-decent loss, really. Like, you know, mm. if you lose by a goal, okay, it's, you know, it's just it's a goal, but you've been done three or four, which I don't think I ever did many a time. Like, you know what I mean? It, um <clears throat> So yeah, I'm not too sure on that one. But yeah, that, what sticks in mind is just being sent off. Yeah, Quite an yeah. Personal, yeah. There's two more questions I want to end on. One, one's been sent in by by Sean Saunders, who is one of our members on the channel. He says, "Which demo was better, Boris CC? Um, which demo was better? 
Different, you know. They were just different. One was a, one was a footballer, and one was just a freak. So, <laughs> just, I'm not, as in, like his goals are so freaky. Yeah. Um, Would he do that in training at all? Like, did he have that wild cardness about him in training? Not really. No, he wouldn't score like a goal that you go, wow. Like, and then you know, I not even see him in training. He'd be that quiet, and then come to a game. You know, and what he did as goals, do you know what I mean? It's like, where did that come from? I think his first game was Villa at home. Yeah, oh, my God. I watched it again the other day. I don't know what I watched it on, but... He's flicks it up and volleys it, doesn't he? Yeah. The technique on it was the weak foot. <clears throat> and it's proper postage stamp as well. Um, again, another game I got smashed in when, I think, on the first goal, and, we just, and, and then I, I, I was injured, but... Um, but looking back now, Demba was a football player. You know what I mean? He could hold the ball up and stuff like that. So they were so different. But if I think I said it the other day, if I was choosing one, I'd choose Demba because he's, he's you know, he's clever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying Pappy's is not clever, but Pappy's was just he had that freak instinctive half a season. Oh man, yeah. yeah, like you wouldn't even try that shot at Chelsea away because <clears throat> where the away fans sit. Nine thousand well, ninety nine out of the hundred would go in there on that angle he shot at, you know. It's like who shoots from there? And know? I think so, I think the second goal, the second goal is remarkable, but even the first goal against Chelsea yeah, is a was, fantastic yeah. goal and people seem yeah. to forget about that one. Yeah. Um another question which has been sent in is Shola or Sammy? Shola <laughs> Being your big brothers. Long. Yeah. No, Shola. Shola for me all day. Um Sammy was just frustrating. Mm. Yeah, he because he had the talent, and again we were chatting about Nile Ranger earlier. Never, never pushed himself, and the penny sometimes drops with when you're younger. Only when you let get let go. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so for me, shoulder all day long because shoulder's a legend. I mean, I love shoulder. He's <laughs> one of my good mates up there. Um, but you know. Sure. Yeah, sure. Are you are you still in contact with a lot of like the core of that team? Um, not really, no. Listen, if you want them, you have a good chat with them. Um, mm. But out of the out of my Newcastle days, I, I say it all the time. There's only two I speak to, more or less daily, and it's Perchy and Dan Gosman. <clears throat> They're the mm. only two you know, I speak on a on a daily basis. Out out of that, out of everyone I played to that Newcastle. They're the only two I, I still speak to daily. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm ready to wrap this one well, t- tonight, mate. Um, I-, I do appreciate. It. I was only expecting an hour tonight, but thank you very much for staying for two hours. Sorry, right, mate. Yeah, no, any any time. Thanks, any, you, you said yeah. it now. Any time. Finish them questions <laughs> off in, in in the future. Just let me know. Yeah. Mate, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of questions, so you're welcome back at any point, mate. As soon as you have the free time, of course, we will get with open arms for you. Um, I just want to say, everybody who has watched tonight, thank you very much. Um, like I said, the interaction tonight in the comments has, has been phenomenal. It's been absolutely fantastic to see. Um, thanks to Matty for, for joining me tonight. He has helped us along the way on this one. Um, like I said, at the start of this one... thanks, Matty. It's a pleasure. Like I said, at the start of this one, I'm pretty sure even Ryan will be impressed with, with Matty's knowledge in regards <laughs> to some of those games that, that Ryan has played in. 
Um, stay tuned tomorrow night because we do have another question and answer. It is with the Always Smiling Faces podcast, lads. Uh, we will be doing another live question and answer, and we will have another special guest on that one. So stay tuned for that one. Um, thank you very much, Ryan. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Like I said, you're welcome back anytime. We might even make this a regular feature. When the kids go to bed, <laughs> yeah. jump on. <laughs> yeah. Just tell Paddy Forster to do one. Bringing <laughs> out them photos. <laughs> Thank you very much, mate. All the nah, best. Thanks. thanks, guys. Take care, Thank mate. You. Nice one. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.